0: This is episode 89 and that was the year I was born. Anyway, do you find it strange that they can dig up our ancestors and find out a heap of information about their lives, diet, health and nutritional status all from looking at their teeth? And second to that, how crazy is it that the teeth lasted the however many thousands of years they were down there? Yet in our world, it seems that everyone over 50 is having major dental work. What's going on here? I'm almost certain... It's not the fact that our ancestors brushed their pearly whites with white chemical goop 10 times per day. (laughs) The mouth and teeth are essentially the gateway to your gut. And guess what? As we know, virtually all disease starts in the gut. And that's where your immune system hangs out too. Today's conversation dives into toxic oral health products, you know, those fluoro bottles sitting in the bathroom. The damaging hygiene hypothesis that many seem to follow and how to choose a dentist that doesn't use toxic chemicals because as you'll hear, killing the bacteria in your mouth every day is linked with some really shitty outcomes in life. All right, you ready? Let's dive into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't well get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Greetings from here in Australia. It is my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy lifestyle that they truly want by December 2020. Question: What is one of the first things that you noticed about someone that you're attracted to? Is it their eyes? their figure, the way they hold themselves or their smile. Interestingly, most people will tell you that you shouldn't judge a person by their physical attributes and on most levels, I would totally agree. Interestingly though, all of the things that we find attractive about someone's physicality are often points of human attraction because they represent health and genetic wealth. And when we search for a mate, deep down underneath our socialized and ego-driven brain is our core reptilian brain that is specifically searching for the healthiest and strongest partners to mate with to create healthy, strong and able offspring. Because from an evolutionary standpoint, we're of course not seeking to procreate with someone that does not appear to have strong genes and is not healthy. This would eventually result in the species wiping themselves out through poor mate selection. For me, something that really catches my eye is a full-faced smile. And the more I learn, the more I understand why an attraction to people with a great smile is a strong sign of great genetic health. And understanding this, this on that level makes me so grateful that my parents uh, filled my mouth with metal when I was a young teenager to straighten out my smile. So it provided me with the illusion of having great genetics. <laughs> so to help me dive into this topic today is one of the most famous dentists in Hollywood. On the podcast today, we have the wonderful Dr. Kurosh Madahi, whom for 33 years has created smiles for many of Hollywood's top stars. He has been featured on Oprah, CNN, Entertainment Tonight, and has appeared as a dental expert on CBS, NBC, ABC, and The Doctors. He's the founder of the tox brand Luminex Oral Essentials, and he has also written two books, the first called Anti-Aging Dentistry and the second recently released titled The Toxic Overload, which we will learn more about throughout the episode. And so I'm very happy to welcome uh, Dr. Kurosh to the podcast. How you doing, mate?
1: Very good. How are you? Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, so tell us, I'm um, really—you've uh, just written a book on low tox, uh, you know, or the toxic overload, which is about you know trying to do things low tox in our micro- microbiome. But what about conventional dentistry or conventional oral products? Is toxic?
1: So it's interesting because um, I've been practicing cosmetic dentistry in Beverly Hills. So of course. In Beverly Hills, everybody wants whiter teeth. Who doesn't? (laughs) And in your introduction, you were talking about how you get attracted to people's smile. And one of the attraction is the color and also the shape of the teeth. So it goes without saying that everybody wants whiter teeth. So if you look at on the retail shelves, all of the mouthwashes that you see there, either is green, purple, yellow, blue. So if you want whiter teeth, why do we add artificial coloring to our mouthwashes? So it makes no sense. So, And artificial colors um, are, uh, to some degree, uh, toxic. They're toxic ingredients. So that's the beginning of the sort of the contradiction that I started to see in the oral care product lines and their ingredients.
0: Right, and and that makes total sense. Like those things are so unnaturally colored that there can't be much good about them.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So we gotta get all of these um, artificial colorings out of it, uh, synthetic preservatives, alcohol. This is another um, ingredient that is puzzling, because as a dentist, we are always worried about oral, oral cancer, and we are also always doing some sort of a screening and when we're in dental school and we get out of dental school we're being hammered by uh, the use of tobacco and alcohol so why does 98 percent and uh, uh, almost 100 percent of all uh, major brands have alcohol in it what is the alcohol doing in these types of mouthwashes so it serves as a cheap preservative It has a burning sensation to make you feel like it's doing something. It has an antiseptic activity where it's killing all of the bacteria, good and bad, in your mouth. The main issue is that 98% of the bacteria in your mouth are healthy, protective bacteria that are causing and stopping the infection and disease from entering in. So why would we want to go and kill all of these healthy bacteria as well?
0: I think that's a superb question, because we hear so much about the the gut microbiome and even the skin microbiome, but what what is happening if we kill the oral microbiome every day that we pull out our bright-colored products?
1: Yeah, so that is the main uh, intense part of what I have been researching for years. Um, I want to first start with a background study. And the background study is a study that was done by a colleague. Um, He did a 10 year study. His name is Dr. Nozari. Uh, He happened to be the former chairman of Advanced Periodontics, which is the gum surgery department at University of Southern California for 17 years. Um, In his research, he took homeless kids in Manila and he checked them for an infection of a particular type of bacteria called AA bacteria. And the AA bacteria infects and destroys the gums and the bone around your four upper and four lower front teeth and your back molars. It's very, very specific in terms of the gum disease that it creates. What is more fascinating is that AA bacteria infects about one and a half billion people in the world. So you see it in Asia, Middle East, South, South America, Central America. And, and he, what he asked his kids to do is drop sea salt on their gum twice a day. And he followed them for an unprecedented 10 years. And what he found is that the disease stopped, yet the AA bacteria continued to be alive and well. The question becomes why, what is it that's causing disease? If it's just the bacteria, if it's still alive, why isn't the disease there yet? And his hypothesis at the time was, it's not just the bacteria, it's the toxins of bacteria. That's what we have to be concerned about. So we have harmful bacteria, which are mostly called gram-negative bacteria, and we have healthy bacteria, protective bacteria. The harmful bacteria, which are the gram-negative, within their cell walls, there are toxins, and they also produce toxins. So when you go and you kill these harmful gram-negative bacteria, you also release toxins that were within their cell wall. So those toxins are also very harmful. So kill if you kill them, there is a problem. And if you don't kill them, then they secrete harmful uh, toxins as well. So what do you have to do? So when we go for the past 70 years, I look at the dental research, dental education, and dental practice, there has been this intense desire to kill bacteria. Why? Because bacteria causes gum disease, bacteria causes decay, bacteria causes bad breath. So let's go and kill them. But we are violating very basic principles. Number one, you cannot kill all the bacteria, as you well know. And after a while, you will create resistive bacteria. So the whatever product that you're using that has any antiseptic activity and is killing the bacteria, after a while, it becomes ineffective because you have now created a bunch of resistive bacteria. Number two, and more importantly, is that if 98% of the bacteria in the mouth are healthy protective bacteria, by killing all of the bacteria, what is going to happen? What happens to our then immune system? So one of the concepts that I keep trying to explain to people is that our immune system is not our first line of defense. is actually is a secondary line of defense. Our first line of defense comes from the microbiome. What is a microbiome? Microbiomes are organisms, microorganisms in or on our body that are there to protect us against disease and infection. Where are they? They are all over our skin. So if you look at our skin is full of pores, how do we know that? It's when we sweat all of this sweating is coming out of the pores. So there is a direct communication between the outside world and the inside of our body through the pores on our skin. So when we use these hand sanitizers on a consistent basis, what we are doing, we're destroying this microbiome that's on the uh, on our surface of our skin. We are not really getting rid of all these other things. The most important thing we're doing is we're destroying the microbiome. And these antimicrobial and antibacterial ingredients are seeping through our skin, through the pores, and they get into our body. So we go to the next thing. Where is the microbiome again? It's in our eyes, in our nose, in our ears, in our gut, in the birth canal, and also in our mouth. So I just want to take a moment and talk about the eyes. If you look at it, You are exposed to all sorts of pollutants on a daily basis, yet you do not get uh, eye infection. Why is that? The main reason is because of the microbiome that coats our eyes. We don't get ear infection due to the microbiome that coats our ears. We don't get respiratory infections because of the microbiome that coats the inside of our nose. And in our mouth, which is the main a point of entrance of all sorts of diseases. So one of the reasons why we have this COVID-19 and the coronavirus, and we're talking about wearing a mask, is you don't want to touch your hand to your mouth. The main reason to wash your hands is you want not to uh, touch your mouth and get these types of bacterial viruses to go inside your mouth. Now, so the mouth is a key important area of entrance of all sorts of bacteria, viruses that could be harmful to us. And also is the initial point of digestion. So whatever food you eat, it first gets broken down in the mouth for better absorption inside the gut. So whatever is happening inside the mouth at the end has An effect in terms of absorption inside the body, and also what happens in the gut. So by killing this bacteria, you are changing this microbiome that's there, that's protecting us. How does the immune system then work? Immune system comes into play when you have infection or inflammation. So something has to be happening before the immune system gets activated. What does the microbiome do initially? Because it's coating the inside of your mouth, it does not let the harmful bacteria and viruses stick to the skin and actually colonize. It stops the adhesion and colonization of harmful bacteria and viruses. And at the same time, there is low levels of harmful bacteria within the microbiome where it works in a symbiotic relationship with your immune system to produce antibodies that the disease does not develop, yet you have antibodies toward these types of viruses to kill them off right at its origin.
0: The link is in the show notes below. So, talking about the microbiome and the fact that these products, um, you know, essentially kill the first line of defense in our mouth, and I think the way that you explained it was brilliant and you've probably opened a lot of minds as to the layer of microbiome that just exists over the whole human body, Um, but... I'm curious because obviously we've got these alcohol, high alcohol products that, and we use alcohol in the lab to kill bugs all the time at the hospital. And the interesting thing that I want to ask is the westernized diet must also be contributing to the destruction of the mouth or the oral microbiome because there's so many toxic compounds, so many unnatural chemicals. Are, are you finding that that is contributing to oral health problems through killing the microbiome because of the diet?
1: Absolutely. So you bring up a very important point. So when we're talking about the western diet, and um, so I want to first talk about the hygiene hypothesis because hygiene hypothesis is what has been brought upon the Western world and the most more developed nations. And part of the hygiene hypothesis was if you have sterile environments, you're not going to get sick. But in actuality, our body is a contaminated body and that contamination helps us with developing our immune system. So when we're trying to sterilize things. What we are doing, we are actually not letting our immune system fully develop, okay? Now, let's go and see what we are doing to our diet. So, 98% of the meat, in particular, I'm talking about mainly in the United States, and a lot of the Western nations, they have antibiotic and hormones in it, That antibiotic that is within the meat, as you are chewing it, that antibiotic is also harming the microbiome inside the mouth. And as you chew and you swallow, it goes in and it destroys the microbiome inside the gut. So that's the meat portion. When we're talking about inorganic vegetables, pesticides are antimicrobial types of ingredients that we're using to kill these bugs. So when you're having these vegetables, what you're doing is again, you are um, uh, the pesticides that have been absorbed on its surface and within it, as you chew, you're destroying the microbiome inside the mouth and also inside the gut. When you use and and you're taking acidic food, what you are doing, you're destroying it constantly. So all sorts of diet is one of the primary environmental reasons, aside from products that you're daily using on a daily basis, that's destroying this protective bacteria.
0: I love that you brought up the hygiene hypothesis because um, there's real truth both emotionally, spiritually, and physically to the, the, the sentence, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it's so true for human biology because we need to be exposed to all of these problems in order for our body to build defenses and be, become stronger. And that's one thing I see with the way that we're responding to the current pandemic. People are killing the microbiome on their hands, on their face, on their body, five, 10, 20 times a day. Hospital workers, we already do that, let alone you know the fact that the entire population and you mentioned autoimmune disease in the beginning as well. And these you know, increasingly sterile human bodies that are walking around are just becoming more and more vulnerable to infection.
1: Absolutely. So there, the, when I have looked at the graphs from 70 years ago, right at the advent of um, antibiotic, we had the highest level of infectious disease in society. And due to antibiotics, the infectious disease started to go down. When you look back 70 years ago, we hardly had that much autoimmune disease. And the autoimmune disease today is at the same level of where infectious disease was 70 years ago. Where is this correlation coming from? And this correlation mainly coming from the overprescription of antibiotics, It's the overexposure of our body to some sort of antimicrobial and antibacterial either products or diets that's constantly we are consuming. So when you look at the household cleaning products, 80% of them have some sort of antimicrobial product in it ingredient in it dishwasher soaps washing machine soaps everything the wipes and everything that you're seeing it has some sort of an ingredient so all you're doing on a daily basis you're stopping your body from instead of fighting infection itself you're inundated you're inundating it with these antibiotics and it's not and and what you are then turning on is an inflammatory reaction and this inflammatory reaction is what's leading to autoimmune disease and other problems that we also have in society as well. Especially with the young people that are growing up with all these products all all over the place and the diet being the way it is today.
0: And and I mean, it's common knowledge for um, sort of those helicopter parents that are alco- alcoholing their kids' hands, you know. 10 times a day because they're playing in the mud, but but we know traditionally that, that that's actually the way that you build the immune system. So yeah, the people that are in, growing up in this in, increasingly sterile environment is, ju- yeah, they're just setting themselves up for a long list of health problems later on in life.
1: Absolutely, I think the best way to look at it is with a particular study on, an, on a national level in Denmark, where they use this hygiene hypothesis to its maximum form. And they, what they did was not only the, the playgrounds had no dirt or mud, the school, um, desks, chairs, everything was always wiped down. And also when they, they did not have natural birth, they had C-section and they wouldn't, and then they would clean up the surface of the mom's, the mother's body so that they would not pick up any microbiome. And what they saw, increasingly this sterile environment led to higher levels of disease hospitalization and sickness and illness and then they went back and looked at the origin of all of this was this whole concept of sterile environment and hygiene hypothesis and as a country they reversed it And again, there's dirt in the playgrounds, (laughs) no wiping down of anything. Let kids run around, do things and put their hands in their mouth. That's how you get the body uh, to actually have a strong uh, immune system. And especially as a kid, the growth. And the development or of our immune system is so much has to do with the amount of bacteria and viruses that we're exposed to and how we are building that immune system.
0: Absolutely. I just want to... I've been researching a lot lately about um, the sort of the formation of the humans over millions of years in our genetics and, and a big part of that research has involved the facial structure. Hmm. And I'm really curious as to... What you have to say in the context of um, like when we find, you know, uh, skeletons from millions of years ago, thousands of years ago, often the teeth are intact. But and we find them there and they often have a full jaw and the the teeth are well organized. What is the reason or do you believe the reason is? Um, nutritional deficiency that leads to having crooked teeth and the fact that nowadays is it our diet and our lifestyle and these high alcohol oral products that mean that nowadays our teeth don't even last us 70 years whereas in the past they would our teeth lasted 100,000 years.
1: <laughs> That's right. So it's a very good question you bring up. Um, with regards to if you look at the rate of people that need braces, Crowding in the mouth. There's definitely a linkage to what we're eating today is not similar to what we used to eat thousand, two thousand years ago. So we're having a lot of is the raw meats and all these raw vegetables. It um, required very heavy set jaw and a strong jaw muscles and a lot of bone and dense bone in order to chew it. As our diets have changed, the, uh, the jaw, human jaw has become smaller and smaller even though you still get the 32 teeth that you used to get. Mm -hmm. As a result, what you are seeing is a much higher rate of crookedness in the teeth and not having enough space in your jaw for the teeth. That part of it is definitely true. Then we go into disease. Let's just talk about cavities. Cavities really is an introduction of processed sugar. So if you go back to before introduction of processed sugar, especially in the Western world, you see that the rate of cavity was not as high as it is today. Still, if you go to China, there is gum disease, but the rate of cavity is low. Still, there's not as much processed sugar. If you go to India, there's still a low rate of cavities, but high rate of gum disease And it's because of the diet and the similar processed sugar has not been introduced. So what we see when we look at these skulls, we do see gum disease, but we normally don't see as much cavities as what we're seeing today. And that's definitely due to the diet.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And speaking of cavities, I'd love to know, I've actually been looking for a holistic dentist here in Melbourne to go and see, but like what... What should I look for or what should the listeners look for when they're looking for a dentist to, to find these low-tox products, these low-tox fillings? Uh, you know, we hear a lot about amalgam and mercury being toxic. What should people look for in, in finding a dentist?
1: Yeah, so uh, this is a very good question. And I want to warn you, there's extreme cases on either end of it. You got one end that uh, believes that amalgam fillings with mercury, which is the second most toxic ingredient on Earth, is okay to place in inside your mouth. You've got the other end of it where they think if there is a root canal, if there is this, that you've got to extract the teeth. So. There is a lot of controversy in this area, but if I were to tell you what would be the best way to go about it, you would want to go to a dentist that understands how to safely remove mercury fillings. Because even though there is mercury in the, the, in the silver fillings in your mouth, when you go in and you remove it, you expose that mercury vapor in your mouth and can penetrate the blood-brain barrier at a hundred times the rate of if that filling was inside your mouth without touching it. So going in and just drilling it out is not the way to go. So you're looking for a dentist that understands uh, mercury safe mercury removal. There's filters and uh, there is uh, uh, oxygen on your nose. The dentist and the dental, dental assistants are wearing gas masks and you are safely removing a bit vacuum on the outside. The second part is also understanding that safety of dental materials. So we have been, um, I have been also practicing what is called um, uh, biocompatibility dentistry. What that means is that there's a lot of material that are being used that cause allergic reactions that the allergic reactions is not sneezing in your mouth uh, sneezing or uh, watery eyes is inflammation unexplained inflammation around your gums due to the particular dental materials that are being used so you want to also go to a dentist that understands biocompatible dentistry and is, can also test to find out what materials you could be allergic to or uses materials that are the most hypoallergenic material. I give you a simple uh, guide in terms of uh, everybody went from silver fillings to tooth colored fillings. As an example, there's a hundred different companies that make tooth-colored fillings in the U.S. Out of these hundred, only two of them—wow—two uh, uh, of them were the ones that did not produce any bisphenol gas. So what we were worried about plastics and heat and the production of bisphenol gas is also within those fillings as well. So there are fillings that a biocompatible dentist understands and knows that does not produce the bisphenol, so they're BPA-free. So these are the aspects I think that would be very important to understand and um, to choose the dentist based on these criteria.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I think uh, the listeners will find that really useful. Uh, And before we head off, um, can you share a little bit about your book and where everybody can find you online? Yes,
1: uh, so the name of the book is uh, "The Toxic Overload. is based on 20 years of le- research, and also there is a reference to 150 um, peer-reviewed studies that uh, have been published. Uh, the main concept is the relationship between oral health and whole body health. Um, what we know is that people that have gum disease, what that means is that there is chronic inflammation and infection in their mouth. They're more susceptible to get uh, heart disease, diabetes, have um, premature babies, uh, colorectal cancer, lung cancer, Alzheimer. And this correlation is coming from this whole concept of if we don't take care of our mouth properly, we can cause other systemic disease. And the best way that we can do that is using products that are uh, non certified non-toxic, but more importantly, they're microbiome safe. And that was one of the reasons that I formed a company called Lumino Oral Essentials um, to produce the first certified non-toxic oral care brand in the world. Um, Products are sold on Amazon. The book itself is also sold on Amazon and it's in the Kindle version and also in the book version. But it talks about this relationship and really goes in depth and talks about the importance of protecting the microbiome in all of the products we use. And then there is a section on diets that what type of food is also a microbiome safe food. So how you can get your microbiome back in order within 30 days.
0: Well, you caught my attention with that last part there. I'm very much interested in, in reading reading that book. And thanks for sharing that with the listeners. Is there any social media that want pe- you want people to find you on?
1: Yeah, so uh, for more information in terms of the products, they can go uh, on oralessentials.com. And in terms of the kind of concepts that I use as a dentist, they can go to drmadahi.com. And uh, it's always an innovative way and uh, at the cutting edge of technology of how we can do things better, yet protect the health of all our patients and the population as a whole.
0: Wonderful. And I've seen that website and it's a very classy website and I will put down in the show notes below your links. And for anybody that got anything out of this episode, be sure to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram um, and tag myself And, and all the links will be down below and we will be able to share it as well. So Dr. Madahi, thank you so much for spending time with me here on the show. I've really enjoyed chatting with you.
1: Thank you so much. And I want to really thank you for spreading the word and taking the time to really let people know about the concepts that are so important to their daily health and overall health and longevity. So I really appreciate everything you're
0: doing. Thank you so much. So one more question, one final question. What is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about?
1: Uh, Really watching out what they're eating. The diet is such an important fact in terms of their oral health. Organic food and uh, clean food and and vegetables are a key part of it.
0: Brilliant. That aligns perfectly with the message of this entire podcast. So thanks so much. I really hope that we can book in another uh, podcast episode soon. And I hope you have an amazing weekend.
1: You too. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me
0: again. Thanks, mate. See you later. See you later.